1: Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners with your hosts, Sandy Barardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from Atlanta, the line of freedom for be most listened to the Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it.
2: Ay 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 ay, sandy the new range is waiting for one final approval and the addition will be completely open on the first floor sweet yep richie's finishing up the pos systems the so scott's finishing up the it matt is finishing up the graphics gary is finishing up the operations and as well as all the other managers here so it looks like it's all coming along pretty good and uh, it's going to be opening really soon. There's going to be a soft opening, then a member's invitational opening, and then a grand reopening. So, you know, we always talk about support those who support you. I ferreted two rats out of the quarantine crawl, which made me feel better. But listen to this. Uh, you know, I always two ask. Two rats. Uh, two rats now. I ask once in a while. Yeah, realtor in a gym. Uh, yeah, I ask once in a while. Who have both asked me extensively for favors and help, by the way uh extensively uh because my time is free you know what I mean it's not valuable well, like theirs yeah that's true so that's all right there's no honor among scum so listen to this you know I always say if you can go on TripAdvisor or Google or Facebook or Yelp and give us a five-star review I want to read a one-star review that we got this week that we're um, very proud of you ready yeah stay far away from this place service was terrible no attention when placing our order. Water and refreshments weren't even offered. When asked if they had bottled water, the waiter said, said no and walked away. Instead of offering something else, I had to call him back over and ask what exactly this place had to offer. The food was not fresh and it did not have that Hawaiian feel. It was just terrible place needs to be cleaned and lightened up. It can't be the only Hawaiian restaurant in New Jersey raved about. They must have paid a pretty penny for their recommendation. Don't waste your money. I apologize. We're working on our Hawaiian atmosphere and food here. (laughs) (laughs) What the... (laughs) I think they reviewed the wrong place. Now... (laughs) Growing up in New Jersey, North Jersey, they're definitely referring to Lee's Hawaiian and oh, yeah. uh, Hawaiian Islander in So I'm 60. Sandy's about 60. We ate in there when we were kids exactly. with our parents. Yeah. yeah, with the poo-poo platter. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Imagine a platter with all of these delectable deep fried things and a hunk of uh, what's that stuff? Uh, sterno. Sterno Stern, in right? the middle. In healthy yeah. Sterno. Right. Burning, so you can <laughs> put your you wings are. around. <laughs>
1: Get chemicals all over everything. It was great. And
2: all their drinks were served in like mangoes and pineapples with umbrellas yep, with and umbrellas. crazy straws and yep, shit yep, like yep, that. Yep. So I, listen, I ate there early on dating. That was like a cool place to go because they had really sweet tropical drinks. So anyway, this guy, uh, Basilio definitely wrote the review I think for the wrong place, but I had a meeting with my staff and uh, so the they're going to they're gonna be yeah, we're going to get the Hawaiian atmosphere back. I'm going to start playing the ukulele Right, and uh, everybody's going to get a lay when they walk in.
1: <laughs> and will you be playing like Tiny Bubbles?
2: I will be playing Tiny good. Bubbles. So, good. All right. it's, so, there we it's go. so help what us. What's his name? Uh, uh, Tiny Tim. No, no, no the guy oh, that. not Don Ho. Don, Don Ho. Oh yes. Don, Don Ho. Oh yes. Don Ho. Don Ho. Don
1: no, Ho. We just lost eighty percent of the audience. Yes.
2: Look up Don Ho. All right. Okay. <laughs> so. So anyway, yeah, if you can uh, throw a five-star review our way uh, for on an, any of those platforms, it would be nice. It would definitely help offset our lousy waiter service here.
1: And yeah, uh, and mention the <laughs> and mention the Hawaiian atmosphere. Improved.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like I get alerts from all of our social media and all of our stuff so i get it on my phone so i've had plenty of days and nights ruined where you get a boom a one star comes through right yeah so uh but 99.9 percent of the time it's always five stars which are nice because then i read them and then what i'll do is i'll cut and paste them and i email them to the staff because i want them to see these awesome five-star reviews especially when they mention people's names so i don't know i think i was home And I see a one star review come through from Google. I'm like, son of a bitch. (laughs) I open it up. I start reading it. I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, uh, Baz, if you come back, we'll share a poo poo platter. Okay. I'll 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 order it. We'll uh, we'll go down there and we'll drink a Mai Tai or a a rum runner. Yeah,
1: something like that. Yeah, we'll (laughs) be good. This little (laughs) rum. nice. I don't remember any of the other food. Do you remember any of the other food? Uh
2: it was basically the Chinese Chinese food. food yeah, right? it, it yeah. was Chinese food. At the time, you know, uh, Richard Pryor was at his prime with his comedic stuff and he used to do, you know, a, a comedy routine about a Chinese restaurant and if you could find it anywhere on the interwebs, find it in and and listen to the skit because when me and my friends would go to Lee's that was a, we used to use all of those Richard Pryor jokes and now today it would all be i guess it would all be oh, anti-Asian no, hate it, or it whatever PC, you know yeah. yeah but it was it was went all in
1: from good fun yeah it yeah. was
2: it was yeah pretty much and uh, you know but again they had an extensive drink menu of all these like rum runners and mai ties and yeah, all this other yeah, stuff right. so yeah. so anyway a uh, couple of big things going on uh, first of all Uh, I saw an interview on Tucker Carlson, but I read this in the post, Sandy. The co-founder of Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. Larry Sanger, you've heard of him. Oh, yes. Larry Sanger is very, very rich. And uh, he co-founded Wikipedia, and he says that the site is just now propaganda for the left-leaning establishment. It's been completely hijacked, and you can't trust anything you read on Wikipedia anymore. And how many people, kids, school, everybody use Wikipedia for information?
1: And it's, you know, I mean, it's that's always been the the joke that you really never could touch, you know, trust Wikipedia because it was just a uh, an open source sort of thing. So anybody could write anything they want.
2: I created a Wikipedia page for myself mm-hmm. and uh, massive amounts of people reported it and it got shut down. That was about five years ago. Really? So, yeah. So since then I've stayed away from Wikipedia. Yeah. Be, well, because of my affiliation with the Second Amendment and the NRA oh, okay. and everything. Yeah. You know, you can't have that.
1: No how on there.
2: You know, I, I created a positive page of everything about Gun for Hire and me and every and that's not allowed. Only if it was negative crap. Oh, of course. But uh Larry Sanger says that um, you know, very little that can be found on Wikipedia is unbiased. And what little can that can be found is extremely what most of it that can be found is extremely biased and reads like a defense counsel's brief. <laughs> okay. So uh yeah yeah
1: and it is so far leaning left it makes the tower of pisa look straight
2: yes you pretty much everybody who's like censored like me on twitter or youtube or whatever we can't post on wikipedia it's like everybody who has a blue blue check mark on twitter can basically maintain the wikipedia page so all of you should remember that uh When you're going online and searching stuff, especially like your kids are going to be using this. So I'm sure Wiki is uh, rewriting history, right? They're doing their part to rewrite our history.
1: Absolutely. Good Marxists should.
2: Exactly. So on the home front in New Jersey, New Jersey 101.5 did this article by Jen Ursilio. I've watched her. Her writing is good. And uh, most New Jerseyans fear gun violence daily. Most of us fear gun violence daily. Yeah. Where the Hmm. hell do they live? I don't know. But here's what she's saying. According to FBI statistics, more guns have been sold in New Jersey so far this year than in 2019, while at the same time, numbers from the New Jersey State Police show that gun violence is on the rise in the Garden State. I I would like her to show a correlation.
1: Yeah, right. How
2: many of those legally purchased guns? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. We're used in this uptick in crime. All right. I know what's going on here. All right? right. So here's 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 the shield that comes in. Rebecca Edwards, lead safety reporter of SafeWise, the ah, an anti-gun think tank, yes. said the survey found that 67% of New Jersey residents are highly concerned about gun violence daily, much higher than the national average of 53%. <laughs> Where was the survey and how many people in the... Uh, I, don't, I wasn't surveyed. Anybody no. listening to the show surveyed, let yeah. me know. Yeah, that would be interesting to find so, out. So here's what she said, this Rebecca Edwards from SafeWise. She said what's interesting is that the states that are most worried about gun violence don't tend to necessarily be states that have higher gun sales or have the highest gun ownership rates. They are also not states where it's easy to get guns. Since New Jersey has some of the strictest gun ownership laws in the country, Edwards believes that guns must be less familiar to more of the population. However, with headlines coming at people every single day about more incidents of gun violence that heightens awareness, that heightens their awareness. Listen to me. This is this is a crap crap right up. She also wrote the report cited statistics from the FBI that said over 135,000 uh, FID checks have been performed in New Jersey so far this year. Listen, lady, who wrote this? This is a slow year. Last year was the record year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, right. this is a slow year. <laughs> this is a slow okay. Year. But uh, And they said things are slowing down. There was 28,000 checks done in uh, January this year and 17,000 in June. It is starting to slow down, but last year was phenomenally peaked, okay? It's starting to slow down because there's nothing to be had. Now, Edwards also said that 8% of the people SafeWise talked to across the country for their survey said they had an experience with gun violence in the past 12 months. In New Jersey, it was 9%. In twenty twenty, it was five percent. I don't understand that. How how, how, nine percent
1: of the nine percent of
2: the people? How okay? So so when asked whether they are worried a gun incident could happen to them, forty seven percent of New Jerseyans said yes. Yes, you forty seven should be concerned because of our catch and release, revolving criminal justice system where the criminals are allowed to walk amongst us. We have bail reform, and we do not chastise. We do not do anything with with criminals. We just let them run free. OK. And while more are concerned that gun violence can happen to them, it's not so- stopping some from owning a gun for protection. Do you, let me read that again. And while more are concerned that gun violence can happen to them, it's not stopping some from owning a gun for protection. So, in other words, if I was afraid that I was going to be a victim of gun violence, I wouldn't want to buy a gun, right. is what she was writing.
1: Right, Exactly. Exactly. It's so bizarre. They have such a twisted view of reality. This is common logic.
2: It's completely backwards. And it plays into this narrative that we are all supposed to follow. You guys can look at, I think John McConnell or somebody sent me, the active shooter incidents in the United States for 2020 from the FBI, the U.S. Department of Justice. And, uh, you know, you looked through it, and I'm going to say something. Since 2016, active shooter incident data reveals an upward trend. The number of active shooter incidents identified in 2020 represents a 33% increase and in, uh, from 2019 and 100% increase from 2016. Sandy, it is mostly gang crime. Of course. All right, it is most. I went through this whole report. It's like 40 pages, and if you guys or girls look at it, it is mostly gang crime. And and whether it's black gangs, white gangs, Hispanic gangs, street gangs, whatever it is, Asian gangs, but it's not what you think it is. If you take out the gang shootings, there's hardly anything. There's 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 no difference
1: between that report and if you were to go back 20 years or 30 years, it would be identical.
2: Correct. And there were instances in here of where uh, an armed citizen confronted the active shooter and neutralized the situation. Okay, I'm, f- I'm flipping through this right now, just, just to go through a recap. There's a lot of stuff in here to digest. I could do five shows on this. It goes over all of the... Uh, the shootings, and their definition of mass shooting is different than what a real definition of a mass shooting is, is, you know. Uh, You have a a bar shooting in Chicago where six people were shot, uh, three from one side, three from another, like a gang thing, and that's considered a mass shooting. I don't consider that a mass or active shooter. I I consider it where someone premeditatedly goes and locks the doors in a movie theater or something and starts shooting people up. That's, to me... That's a different thing. Correct. That's... that's, uh, that's that's the uh, stuff that we have to be careful about, you know. Yeah, different than a drunken brawl with guns. Correct. So you know, we have um, um, George Orwell was definitely right that mm-hmm. someday we're going to have a dystopian world. So. Yes. Uh, There's this uh, school district in uh, Scottsdale. So, you know, everybody, remember people move, you know, vote with your feet, right? Come to Arizona. Come to a free state, right? Remember remember that? Everybody tells us, you know, don't stay and fight, you dummy. Go to a state that allows freedom, It's
1: only a free state until the people from
2: the oppressive states move there and make it just like it was at home. Like a forest fire yeah. so uh, so Scottsdale Unified School District uh, sent out a release uh, for kids' parents to sign the 2021 2022 parent legal guardian consent to participation in social emotional behavior screening what yes the electronic signature attached to this annual verification packet authorizes That's a gates movement. S-U-S-D, to complete an emotional health and wellness screening of my child. This is where it gets good. And to collect personal information, including but not limited to income or other family information. That's pretty wide wide there. Or other family information. Mm -hmm. Medical history or medical information. Mental health history or mental health information. This one's great. And quality of home and interpersonal relationships. Sandy describe this one to me. Student biometric information. Can you describe that for our listeners? Yeah, that's where What is biometric information?
1: What they're doing is they're watching eye shift patterns, they're what taking pulse rates, they're they, you know a lot of times your watch is doing that. Right? If you have a, an Apple Watch, or like you and I have Apple Watches, yep. it's taking constant bio uh, biomedical information and it's compiling it. And they, this is a, a this was a uh, an initiative by Bill Gates to do all this, uh, which is which is frightening. You, you, so you should really think about this. It's very frightening.
2: So on top of that, are illegal, antisocial, or self-incriminating behavior, critical appraisal of individuals within a close relationship, and gun <laughs> slash ammo ownership. Wow. So. All of you that are listening to the show, you know, there's Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, yes. Doctor John Adine. They have on their website, D R G O, Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. They have on their site uh, a rebuttal when uh, you go to a doctor and they're violating HIPAA guidelines by asking if there's guns in a house. Um, I'm not sure, as a parent, I would sign this, authorizing the uh, school to be able to data mine everything in myself and my family's life absolutely
1: year. would never sign it. So,
2: uh, you know, I don't know how this is going to, uh, you know, blow up from there, but I would really, really be careful uh, before you answer something like that. And, again, that was Scottsdale, Arizona. Remember Scottsdale? I was told that that was a free state that I should mm. move to. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I am so glad. That was before uh, all
1: the New Yorkers, New Jerseyans, and Californians
2: moved there. Right. Could you imagine that? So um, please, just uh, watch your six, ladies and gentlemen. When your kids are getting this stuff to sign, most of it is electronic, right? So what you're going to get is you're going to get an email, an electronic packet. You're going to open yeah. up. There's going to be 33 pages right. of right. legally written information, right, Sandy? That's right. And, and somewhere buried in there is going to be a couple of sentences like that where they're going to be allowed to research it. So basically, you're giving a school permission. They can go to the police department, like if you're in New Jersey, and ask the police department, does uh, Sandy own any guns? Does there right. any guns in the house? Right. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, uh, sorry, little Billy, you can't go on a class trip because uh, your dad owns guns. It's mm-hmm. uh,
1: this is information that's going to follow them for the rest of their lives, and we're, we're now looking at, at a, a society that is getting more and more like China, uh, with the social scores. Uh, you know, they're starting this with businesses right now, so you know this is all in line with the Great Reset.
2: Yep, you know, Connecticut, one of the thirteen original colonies. Um, you know another hotbed of liberalism because like we're screwed in New Jersey we yeah. have a supermajority in the assembly in the Senate and we have a governor that's gonna buy his re election, just like he bought his initial election and uh, and no ratification of the Second Amendment correct so you know we're, we're habitually screwed holding the line for us is considered a huge win and uh, even that is gonna get harder with his next term believe me but you know look at Connecticut you could get a carry permit in Connecticut but right now Connecticut Uh, their background check system for firearms purchases is causing delays in completing gun sales, resulting in retailers having to turn prospective buyers away and tell them to come back another day. And my friends at the Connecticut Citizens Defense League, CCDL, they filed a motion in in federal court, just like our uh, five-family, 2 a family lawsuit in New Jersey, because what they're doing is, you know, we all know a right delayed is a right denied, Mm -hmm. and they're pushing people uh... that they used to get approvals instantly and connecticut of course stepped in the middle they followed new jersey because what happens in new jersey don't stay in new jersey and they're asking for an immediate immediate hearing in the courts for this but uh... right now it's the same as new jersey the system requires an FFL to call the state by telephone and get verbal authorization to sell a firearm Same same as here and unnecessary delay, so I see lawsuits popping up, I'm sure NRA and FPC and SAF will pop up with it as well. But again, I I just want everybody to know that, you know, I know I'm one of the uh, horse's asses that stayed in New Jersey to fight with everybody where I should have moved. But I'm just glad I didn't move to Pennsylvania or Connecticut or about 35 other states (laughs) that looked pretty good two or three years ago. Yeah, they did look pretty good two or three years ago. Yeah, they looked pretty good two or three years ago. But now, you know what, guys, they're not looking too good to me anymore. And I'm kind of glad I stood here and fought. And, uh, you know, in about five or six years when I retire, hopefully I'll have a better perspective of what state I can flee to.
1: <laughs> and uh, that'll change.
2: Yeah, of course it'll change. But right now, it's, it's not looking too good, ladies and gentlemen. There's, like, no place to go. We are completely running out of places to go. And uh, w- what are we going to do? I mean, Arizona, who would have thought, right? right. Yeah. right? Who would have thought Arizona would have fallen? And guess what? It is. I mean, what? Both of the uh, U.S. senators in Arizona are Democrats. Yep. So you know, the governor right now is a Republican, but that's that's not going to last. Just yeah, like Texas, deal. you know, we've had over a million illegals cross into our borders. And these a million illegals that are crossing the border, we're now using military bases with commercial airliners to fly them all over. the. They're being resettled all over our country. And they're not getting COVID tests. And Uh, us, the law-abiding, tax-paying citizens, we're held down from travel, wearing masks, and we have, we're we're being, you know, um, uh, we're being chastised if we don't get the vaccine, if we don't wear a mask, as selfish, or we're killing people. But the illegals that are coming in over the border are allowed to walk freely because it's secured future votes for the Democratic Party. It is backwards. My parents worked all their life to get $1,800 a year, social, $1,800 a month social security. When the illegals come in, their whole package through Catholic charities is $3,500 a month. Yeah. And now uh, if you have four children, uh, you're getting even more. Listen, I know it's for future votes, but they're basically changing the entire makeup of our country.
1: Yes. And now they're all, the Biden administration is inviting those who got kicked out under the
2: Trump administration to come back in and we're paying to fly them in, like you yep. said. They were flying them in and resettling them using yep. commercial airlines that when we go on an airline, we have to stay six feet apart and wear masks.
1: And they had the gall to say that 90 uh, percent of the people who are coming in are too poor to be able to afford housing Health care, so the government will be providing that for them. Actually, we, you and I, will be providing that for them. Did anybody help you out with your housing or health care last month? Nope. Oh, nope. Nope. Either,
2: nope. Right? Nope. But we so, all have to pitch in for yeah, a more equitable, important. fairer Goldness. state or whatever the hell, mm-hmm. whatever. I know it's all for votes, but you're changing our country. You're going to ruin our country. What about our people? What about the people that are out of work? Listen, if we had a shortage of illegals in this country, there would be a higher living wage for legals. All right, you people better all be listening out there because it's coming and it's going to change rapidly. I'm glad I'm 60 and I'm not 30 right now, to yeah, be honest yeah, with I you. to that. You know, um, so there's a Friends of the NRA dinner coming up September 24th, Sandy. It's at the Hunterton Hills uh, Playhouse in Hampton, New Jersey, Nice, which is right off 78. Uh, James Passarello is the uh, chair of this, and uh, they're asking for our support, and I'm going to be posting the links and everything. I'm going to be there that night, and I'm going to be making donations. It's September 24th at the Hunterton Hills Playhouse. It's on 88 Route 173 West in Hampton. It's right off of uh, 78. And uh, you could go to fnra.org, Friends of the uh, NRA, NRA.org. Uh, now, remember, this money is not going to the NRA. This money goes to the NRA Foundation. Right, exactly. So, if this dinner raises fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars goes to NRA, and twenty five thousand goes to NRA for federal programs like Eddie Eagle bulletproof vest for cops or something, and the other twenty five thousand comes back to New Jersey in the form of grants. Uh, for programs that uh, that Boy Scouts and other shooting leagues and uh, camp for to go to Camp Perry or whatever, I hosted with you with your help three record breaking NRA dinners hundred years ago. Yeah, hundred years. I've yeah, yeah. I've helped uh, many many dinners and there's not many dinners right now because of COVID and everything. They're far and wide, but Lou and Jim they decided they were going to do it. So I'm going to be donating. I might even be there donating books or whatever the case. But please uh, save the date September 24th at the Hunterton Hills Playhouse, go on fnra.org, look at the Friends of the NRA, look at dates in New Jersey, mark that, buy your tickets, buy a table, whatever, and tell them Gun for Hire sent you, and let's make this a huge success. You're going to be hearing me talk about this now up until September 23rd, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's a phenomenal event, and uh, I haven't been a part of a fundraiser in a long time uh, be, with the friends in the NRA because of COVID. Uh, I'll, interesting fact, first friends of the NRA dinner I ever went to <laughs> in the eighties was there at the Hunter Place. Wow. Okay. Yes. So it's full circle yeah. for me. Yeah. You know, uh, I just, uh, I love it. You know, you're only as good as your people and gun people are the best people. So one of my brothers who's been a gun for hire alumni for hundred years. Um, and actually works here part time on Saturdays because he wants to stay in it. Would be uh, Rich Serrano, you know Rich. Yeah, I do. And Rich Serrano wrote the, on July eighteenth. Wrote me this wonderful uh, thank you card about the new range and the book and the success and you know from our days back in Belleville and and everything. And uh, his handwriting is so impeccable. I can't stand him, <laughs> uh, but I do want to give him a big shout out. Rich Serrano, thank you. I Love you like a another brother, and uh, I really appreciate that. Um, So, Rich, we're going to go to the Friends of the NRA dinner. Uh, You're coming as my guest because you wrote that note. So we'll get a table or a couple of tables or something. So I would appreciate all of you to uh, check them out. And we'll all go together. And we'll make this Friends of the NRA dinner a huge friggin' success. So this Tuesday, we have a -A 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 Utah CCW class and it's two hundred and twenty dollars it's all inclusive including the application prints notary photo everything you need and we even mail the damn thing out for you and you get reciprocity about thirty three states next week we're going to be talking about uh... pennsylvania uh... way to get a carry permit in pennsylvania so uh... We'll talk about that uh, next week because right now I don't want it to blow up because people are blowing the secret up and it's uh, not good. You know, the raffle uh, by the heads of the five families here, Second Amendment Foundation, ANJRPC, NJ2AS, CNJFO, and Firearms Policy. What is it called, uh, Jim Howard? Firearms Policy, Uh, your sister's ass. (laughs) Um, Those five (laughs) organizations. Uh, Jim H. donated more matt beeb donated more marty the vegan pilot donated more from marty's v burger and a bunch of other people donated for the first time in a few short weeks when we have the grand reopening we're going to draw one of your names and somebody is going to win my dory the tip of the spears tip of the spear okay and uh, Henry Montefrant will be here. By the way, Henry, happy birthday. It just passed. Henry also lost about 80 or 90 pounds. He is now pre-diabetic. Henry, keep it off, please. Okay, please, please, please keep it off. I got an email from Mark Ziegler, who lives in Essex Fells. He goes, Aunt, not sure if you're still tracking the times for handgun permits, but here is my info. He applied on 7-11, and he got it approved on 7-20. And you got three permits that automatically re- renew for another 90 days. That is exactly what we're looking for, Mark. Yes, I still want that from all of our listeners. As we get information on the permits, I deal with hundreds of people a week. And if somebody's going to come in and say, I live in Essex Fells, how long does it take? I'm going to say it takes about two weeks. And you're going to get your permits for 90 days, and they're going to automatically extend for another 90. Because, Mark, you just informed me of that. All right? So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh my friend Gene Rossi, who moved to escape the tyranny of New Jersey to Delaware, which he's saving a lot on taxes, but now they're getting spanked Mm -hmm. in Delaware because they're trying to take all their guns away.
1: Yes, they are.
2: And he wrote, in Delaware, to my knowledge, we have 21,000 CCW permits, along with they allow open carry. All of the shootings that go on in Wilmington and Delaware are crime and gang shootings. They're all gang shootings, gang on gang. All right. There is never a case of a law abiding citizen becoming Bonnie and Clyde or Billy the Kid. The lawyer that wrote against the Corlett case is full of crap, as you know. So it's effing irritating to hear these anti-gunner lies. Gene Rossi, we're going to talk about the Corlett case uh, after the break because there's phenomenal updates on that. Phenomenal.
0: Well, the U.S. presidential election took place a little over eight months ago. And even now, many people who voted for Donald Trump believe there was something fraudulent about the whole thing. Why do they think that? Well, they have reason to feel that way. Indisputably, there was some misconduct at some polling places and vote counting stations. And next week on this show, we'll consider the evidence from Fulton County, Georgia in some detail. It's worth knowing about it. But it wasn't just the way that votes were counted or the voting machines that shook people's faith in our democracy. It was the preceding four years and the way our ruling class behaved during those four years. Yesterday, an historian and podcaster called Daryl Cooper wrote a remarkable series of tweets in which he tried to explain why so many Trump voters believed the last election was rigged. Really smart. He crystallized it. We'd like to read some of it now. Quote, Here are the facts, actual confirmed facts that shape the perspective of Trump voters. The FBI spied on the 2016 Trump campaign using evidence manufactured by the Clinton campaign. We now know that all involved knew it was fake from day one. The voters this was aimed at are Tea Party people, the type who give their kids a pocket constitution for their birthday, and have founding fathers' memes in their bios. The intel community spying on a presidential campaign using fake evidence, including forged documents, is a big deal to them. Trump supporters know the collusion case front and back. They went from worrying the collusion must be real to suspecting it might be fake to realizing it was a scam, and then watched as every institution, the intel agencies, the press, Congress, academia, gaslit them for another year. Worse, collusion was used to scare away good people from working in the Trump administration. They knew their entire lives would be investigated. Many quit because they were being bankrupted by legal fees. The DOJ, the press, and the government destroyed lives and actively subverted an elected administration. This is where people whose political identity was largely defined by a naive belief in what they learned in civics class began to see the outline of a regime that had crossed all institutional boundaries. That regime stepped out of the shadows to unite against an interloper, Donald Trump. A lot of Trump supporters understand this regime is not partisan. They know that the same institutions would have taken opposite sides if it was a Tulsi Gabbard versus Jeb Bush election. It's hard to describe to people on the left how shocking and disillusioning this was for conservatives, people who encourage their sons to enlist in the army and hate those who don't stand for the anthem. They could have managed the shock if it only involved the government. But the behavior of the corporate press is what really radicalized them. They hate journalists more than they hate any politician or government official because they feel most betrayed by them. The idea that the press is driven by ratings and sensationalism became untenable. If that were true, they'd be all over the Epstein story. But they're not. The corporate press is the propaganda arm of the regime. Nothing anyone says will ever make them unsee that, period. This is profoundly disorienting. Many Trump voters don't know for certain whether ballots were faked in November 2020. But they know for absolute certain that the press, the FBI, and the rest would lie to them if they were. They watched the press behave like animals for four years. Tens of millions of people will always see Brett Kavanaugh as a gang rapist based on nothing because of CNN. And CNN seems proud of that. CNN led a lynch mob against a high school kid. They cheered on a summer of riots. Republicans always claimed the media had liberal bias, but they still thought the press would admit the truth if they were cornered. It's a very different thing to watch the media invent stories out of whole cloth in order to destroy regular people's lives and spark mass violence. Time magazine has told us that during the 2020 riots, there were weekly conference calls involving, among others, leaders of the protests, the local officials who refused to stop them, and media people who framed them for political effect. In Ukraine, we call that a color revolution. Throughout the summer, Democratic governors took advantage of COVID to change voting procedures. It wasn't just the mail-in ballots. They lowered signature matching standards and a lot else. Then there was Hunter Biden's laptop. Big tech ran a full-on censorship campaign against a major newspaper to protect a political candidate. Period. Everyone knows it. All the tech companies now admit it was a mistake, but the election's over, so who cares? It goes without saying that if the New York Times had Don Jr.'s laptop, which is full of pictures of him smoking crack and engaging in group sex with lots of lurid family drama, emails describing direct corruption, the New York Times would not have been banned. Think back. Stories about Trump being urinated on by Russian prostitutes and blackmailed by Putin were promoted as fact when the only evidence was a document paid for by his opposition and disavowed by its source. The New York Post was banned for reporting on true information. The reaction of Trump people to all of this was not no fair. That's how they felt about, say, Romney's Binders of Women story in 2012. This is different. Now they see, correctly, that every institution is captured by people who will use any means to exclude them from the political process, and yet they still showed up in record numbers to vote. Trump got 13 million more votes than he did in 2016. He got 10 million more than Clinton got. As election night dragged on, his voters allowed themselves some hope. But when the four critical swing states, and only those states, went dark at midnight, they knew. Over the ensuing weeks, they got shuffled around by grifters and media scam artists selling them conspiracy theories. They latched onto one, then another increasingly absurd theory as they tried to put a concrete name on something very real. Media and tech did everything to make things worse. Everything about the election was strange. The changes to procedure, unprecedented mail-in voting, the delays, etc. But rather than admit that and make everything transparent, they banned discussion of it, even in direct messages. Everyone knows that, just as Don Jr.'s laptop would have been the story of the century. If everything about this election dispute was the same, except the parties were reversed, suspicions about the outcome would have been taken very seriously. See 2016 for proof. They understood... They understand why courts refuse to take the election case. What judge will stick his neck out for Donald Trump, knowing that he'll be destroyed in the media as a violent mob burns down his house? It is a fact, according to Time Magazine, that mass riots were planned in cities across the country if Trump won. Sure, they were protests, but they were planned by the same people as during the summer, and everyone knows what that would have meant. Judges have families, too. Forget the ballot conspiracies. It's a fact that governors used COVID to unconstitutionally alter election procedures, something the Constitution states that only legislatures can do to help Biden make up for a massive enthusiasm gap by gaming the mail-in ballot system. They knew it was unconstitutional when they did it. It's right there in plain English, in the Constitution. But they also knew the cases wouldn't see court until after election. What judge is going to toss millions of ballots because a governor broke the rules? The threat of mass riots wasn't implied, it was direct. And he goes on. In the end, Darrell Cooper writes, not every theory about election fraud is true, but Trump's voters, quote, are absolutely right that their government is monopolized by a regime that believes they are beneath representation and will observe no limits to keep them getting it. End quote. That is true, and every honest person knows it.
2: let's do some housekeeping here Uh, we all know marty's v burger is the shit martysv burger.com check out his full length of food you know laszlo was here the other day from monster coatings and he told me he's packed he brought some smoked meats that his dad made for me hungarian specialties uh, deliciously balanced stuff and he told me business is packed for him and almost every food establishment that i mentioned on the quarantine crawl Laszlo from Monster Coatings has been there, including Marty's V-Burger multiple times. So that's how we keep it in the family and support those who support you, not like those two rat bastards. All right. Now, if you live anywhere in New York, NYTAC Defense, sign up now, ladies and gentlemen. It's $35 a month. You get 10% off if you join and you mention gun for hire. You need this protection because U.S. Law Shield is no good in New York. Now, if you live in 49 other states, get your U.S. law shield and use code word gun for hire" one word, for 10% off as well. If you're a new gun owner or you've owned guns 30 years, buy Decoding Firearms by John Petrolino on Amazon or at the range. Don't forget to listen to the Gun Lawyer podcast every week with Evan Knappen, exposing the truth about the laws designed to strip you of your freedoms. All right, remember the quarantine crawl. Support those who support you. Also, my book is Selling Like Hotcakes. I just did one at um, Anytime Fitness in Cliffside Park. I did a book signing there, and I got to meet a ton of people. And believe it or not, a lot of people that shoot at the range that live in, uh, in Fort Lee, Cliffside Park, Edgewater area, they came for the signing to get a picture and get me to personalize a book for them. So in the fall, after the grand reopening of the range, I will go out anywhere and do a book signing for anybody that wants me to. So start thinking about that, okay? I talked about the Friends of the NRA update. I talked about the new range is going to be opening shortly, the new range edition. What else do I have? Let me see before we get into it big time. Oh, now I found that some of the rats out there, if you search the range address, Sandy, 1267 yeah. McBride Avenue, tell their me. business comes oh, up. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. They're not using my name in the search anymore, uh, I guess, because i shame shamed them. Yes. Now they're just using. So if somebody Googles the address of the range, their place comes up. <laughs> Man, i tell you. That's great. I'll tell you. You know, imagine if they actually sat down and figured out a plan how to grow their business without copying everything I do.
1: Oh, that, well, that would be... That would very, require work, right? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly.
2: <laughs> so we're going to have learning. Sandy, you got to warn me when we get to about five minutes left, please, because I'm, I'm driving blind here right now. Yep. So ladies and gentlemen, um, this is pivotal right now. The Supreme Court is right where we want it to be, basically 5, 4, 6, 3, no matter how you slice it or look at it, right? Right. So nervous now that uh, Senator Whitehorse just said that they're, they're going to reinvestigate uh, Brent Kavanaugh. That the 450 tips that they received during his nomination and, uh, you know, when he was being picked, they were, the FBI did not investigate all 450 tips. So he wants to open it again. That's how scared the left is right now of the Corlett case, a.k.a. it's now called the Bruin case. Like Breasley Bruin, if you're old and you remember cartoons, okay? So think of New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus the Bruin case. Now, the left is so scared that they were pushing Stephen Breyer to retire. Are you you're, you're familiar with this, Sandy? Yes. But now it would not have been a net gain because it would have been a liberal retiring being replaced by a liberal. But they're concerned that at his advanced age that if something should happen to him next term if uh, Biden should lose and a a conservative or a Republican should win, all right? So he's 82 years old, and they all came out, all these crazy people on the left came out and said he should retire now. And basically what he said was he has no intention of retiring, and he actually hired uh, all uh, assistant justices, uh, you know, interns or whatever, for the next uh, Supreme Court go-around, and they're all freaking out. They're outraged that he's—they're not doing what he says. But it was okay for Ginsburg to stay till she was 127 because yeah. she was the notorious R.G.B. Right? Right. Yeah. They're concerned on if the Senate is going to flip in next year's election, you know, because they'll never be able to get who they want through. Right now, they could probably get somebody through all right but he says he's not going anywhere he's gonna stay until he thinks he can't do it anymore and I believe it's a total backfire they pushed him and he's like wait a minute I'm a Supreme Court Justice you're not pushing me right I'm gonna do what I want I earned this position I stood here forever because you're down there throwing temper tantrums because you got participation trophies when you were a kid does it mean crap to me yeah Right. right I I love it. Yeah. So their so this side,
1: their own side turning on each other.
2: Correct. So this Bruin case is is freaking out. Right now, uh there was a deadline uh for amicus briefs to be filed, and over forty seven amicus briefs were filed, and a hundred and seventy additional members of the US House of Representatives all filed amicus briefs in support of the Bruin case. Because again, let's review forty three 44 states already allow some type of carry six or seven states eight sometimes don't allow carry and the reason i don't i can't give you all a solid number is because certain counties in california you can get a carry permit certain counties in new york state you can get a carry permit so those states are hard they're not black and white they're gray state like New Jersey, black and white. Security guard or politically elite first-tier, it's the only way you're going to get a carry permit. And even a security guard ain't going to get one that easy. And it can get denied at any time, and they can lose their uh, employment. So what's going on is that all of these... People are filing briefs for this. This is the big case that's going to be taking place in September. Now, think about it. You know, uh, Dan Schmutter always says all the time, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And we've been talking about Supreme Court cases now, Sandy, uh, for 11 years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, This might be the one. If this isn't the one, I I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I always say I'm going to give up afterwards, you know, and I never do. But uh, I'm not going to give up, obviously. But you can't believe the people that file briefs. This one's going to blow you away. You ready? This came from National Review. New York's public defenders urged the Supreme Court to invalidate the state's concealed carry ban. Wow! Because they're always defending people who were carrying a gun, <laughs> and they should have been able to legally carry a gun. They're not. They're not defending gangbangers. They're right. defending people that make mistakes. Yeah. All right, and so they talk about the original uh, complaint filed by Nash and Koch pertained to the New York law that prohibits the concealed carry of handguns in public. The complaint ensued after New York officials rejected their gun applications, claiming they failed to meet the standards of special need and proper cause. Just like in New Jersey, it's justifiable need, okay? So this, you know who else filed a brief, Sandy? The Black Attorneys of Legal Aid Caucus. Wow. Wow. Okay, It represents more than 100 African-American legal aid lawyers, most of whom are criminal defense attorneys, according to the brief. Aside from providing quality legal representation to thousands of indigent persons throughout the city, BALA advances advocates for racial justice within the legal sphere. They know that all gun control is racist. They know that minorities are targeted more than non-minorities when it comes to gun ownership and carrying a gun, all right? So all, the, the courts are getting all of these briefs, all right? So that, that was a really good brief for me. Our buddy David Jensen, everybody remembers David Jensen, right? Yep. He filed a brief. Guess who he filed the brief for? Drum roll. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on one second. I'm <laughs> scrolling up to it. He filed a brief for the Liberal Gun Owners Club. Nice. A voice for gun-owning liberals and moderates in the national conversation on gun rights, gun legislation, firearm safety, and the shooting sports. The club serves as a national forum for all people, irrespective of their personal political beliefs, to discuss firearms ownership, firearms use, and the enjoyment of firearms-related activities. Okay, they have three out. Uh, they have three uh, focuses and they welcome everybody Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, Democratic, Socialist, Republican, and Green. The National Club has three focuses, education, outreach, and speaking out on Second Amendment related issues. They filed a brief, they they hired David Jensen, who's a hero of mine, to file this brief, and they want this New York law knocked out because they also recognize that it will affect all 50 states, but especially the six to eight states that we know are a problem. now. Not done. There's a there's a, <laughs> there's a lot more here, but I want to discuss a few more. Knife rights. Our friends, Doug and Sue Ritter, filed a brief as well. Uh, and uh, because c- carrying a weapon can be construed as anything, and in New York, we all know they look down upon anybody carrying an edged weapon. Oh, yeah. All right? You'll go to jail. If you're a law-abiding citizen carrying an edged weapon in New York, you're going to jail. Oh, yeah. All right. And, and that's the problem. So this was written. Um, this was written with FPC and the Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Ownerships also wrote a brief in addition to knife rights. OK, so uh, Rosie and the guys and Dan Grodovic, everybody is on top of this. So they filed their amicus, amicus brief as well on the Corlett case. It has the left shaking in their boots right now because they know that, you know, that's why they're trying to say it's going to be like the Wild West. But they know that if the court rules in our favor, we are going to be able to have the carry in all 50 states and they're going to get knocked down. You know, um, the NRA, ILA, of course, is on top of this case. It's a New Jersey state, a New York State Rifle and Pistol Association case which is funded by the NRA we have 43 it's now 47 amicus briefs filed supporting the case among these groups NRA ILA is heartened to see from numerous elected officials including 176 members of the House of the Reps 25 US senators led by Ted Cruz 26 Attorney Generals these are active Attorney Generals okay uh, led by Mark Bronovich from Arizona and Eric Schmidt from Missouri and Governor Craig Abbott from Texas, all right? All of this support, it weighs in with the Supreme Court when they see what the temperature of, of a, a case like this is. It's not just their personal opinion. They also want to see what the, what the temperature is. So Cam Edwards wrote an article. About all of the, the briefs that were filed and everything, and you know, Long Island Congressman Lee Zendel, Zeldin, who is running for governor, also signed the brief. So um, it would be great to see him win. But Cuomo's going to win again, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but everybody filed briefs, including uh, Firearms Policy Conference uh, uh, or Coalition. Excuse me, Jim. Uh, yes, sister's ass. Um, <laughs> did I say that out loud? <laughs> he knows I. He knows I love him, bro. Cigar smoker, golfer, gun guy, family man. Boom, boom, boom. What else is there, right? right. So here's one Todd Ellis sent me. Um, this, is, this is the one that was signed by 26 states. Through their attorney generals, the amici states have a special responsibility to safeguard their citizens' fundamental rights, including their right to bear arms in self-defense outside the home. The Second Circuit's misrepresentation of the Second Amendment threatens the liberty of citizens in every state, not just New York. Moreover, the states have a unique perspective that should aid the court in weighing the value and importance of the rights implicated by the questions presented. The amici states are charged with advancing their substantial interests in public safety, preventing crime and reducing the harmful effects of firearm violence while ensuring that the citizens can exercise their enumerated constitutional right to bear arms. The amici states offer this brief to highlight empirical research and their experiences with permit systems for applicants that meet objective criteria and to call the court to restore the original public meaning of the right to bear arms. This is hopefully fixing uh, Heller and McDonald. Yeah. All right. When when Scalia basically said the right to carry outside the home was not absolute. Right. All right. This this is hopefully is going to fix that. And then the brief written by the 176 members of Congress. I'm going to give you guys and girls one paragraph here. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Amy Acuria, our representative Claudia Tenney and 175 additional members of the U.S. State House of Reps. A complete list of Amici is set forth in the appendix. Amici have sworn an oath to uphold the U.S. Constitution, and have an obligation to defend and uphold the rights recognized in their document, including the right to keep and bear arms. Amici also have been elected to represent their representative constituents. These constituents are now in danger of criminal prosecution. Prostitu- <laughs> are now in danger of criminal prosecution should they attempt to exercise their inalienable right to bear arms in the state of New York. Listen, big, big, big for us. And the left knows it, and they're scrambling and freaking out. So you're going to continue to see a lot of misinformation come from the left about so-called gun violence. Gun violence, gun violence, gun violence, gun violence. They're going to keep pumping that. Okay, they're going to keep pumping that because they want to try to change the, the narrative and the public opinion. Remember our argument, ladies and gentlemen. 43 to 44 states already have and have offered concealed and open carry for countless years. All this case would affect is six or seven or eight states, vacillating number, all right? Six to eight states is all it would affect. Right. It is not going to turn the entire country into the Wild West as they keep force-feeding us. So make sure you stay alert and you stay aware. You should be donating. You know, the five organizations that I talk about for the tip of the spear all the time. Those organizations are all involved in this as well. All right? Uh, ANJRPC filed a brief. CNJFO filed a brief. SAF filed a brief. NJ2AS filed a brief. And uh, FPC filed a brief. Do you need to know more? This is it, ladies and gentlemen. September we are going to be listening to the uh, to the uh, um, hearing that goes on uh, for about two hours with the US Supreme Court and then in the spring we're going to get the uh, ruling From the Supreme Court. Now, let's take a little wager here. So, I think. uh, What do you think the court is going to go six three or five four on this, Sandy? Ooh, it's going to be a tight. It's going to be a tight one, I think. Well, Roberts is the wild card, I
1: believe. Yeah, I do. I do think Roberts
2: is. So you know, it's either going to be six three or five four. Now, six three would look really, really good for us because we have a few, you know, moderate right uh, justices, including Mm. Roberts, the pimp. So I'm going to say that uh, Roberts is going to sway, and it's going to be 6-3. You think so? So anybody want to write that down? I think it's going to be 6-3. It's going to go across uh, the lines of the the critical thinking here. Yes, 6-3 I'm going to go. It's not going to be 5-4. I think Thomas has been waiting for a case like this with bated breath. I I do not think Roberts can deny this fact that 43 to 44 states already allow this. And they're basically, listen, Heller is overdue to be fixed. It's approaching 12 to 13 years now. Yeah, right. Where Heller, it needed to be fixed. It was a stopgap when Scalia wrote, you know, it's not absolute. Right. So I think it's time to fix it. And, uh, you know, obviously there'll be other bombshell cases that they'll be hearing that they'll be released. And uh, so this won't be the biggest, biggest case ever for the country. It will surely be one of the biggest cases ever for the Second Amendment community. This, This is it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Who knows what's going forward, you know, as communism and democratic socialism approaches this country or corporatism or whatever it is. Uh, on a side note, did anybody get a look at the rocket that Jeff Bezos left the Earth with? No. I, you didn't see it? I didn't see it. Okay. Well, it it definitely was phallic. <laughs> if uh, I showed it to Gary here, Gary Mestrangelo. I showed a picture to him. He goes, that's fake. I said, no, Gary, that's the rocket. Gary went on the news and looked at it. He goes, you're kidding, right? I said nope. So so he congratulations to uh, Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos for doing something that a chimpanzee did fifty seven years ago.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Right. It Ooh, only took, yeah, I'm just looking at it now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> oh, see? Oh my it? goodness. Yeah. It took <laughs> two billionaires fifty seven years to do what the US did or Russia did with a monkey fifty seven years ago, right? And uh yeah. It's what do you uh, think of the shape of that ship? You think he's compensating for something? I think he might be, yeah. You think, doctor? You th- it's, what's
1: amazing is the, the amount of money, the, the amount of good that money could have done instead of a toy for, a,
2: <laughs> for the richest man in the world. It's so ridiculous. He's worth $200 billion now. You know how much shit he could fix and still be uh, worth $175 yeah. billion? Exactly right. But he's not stupid. He knows anything given the government programs would just be squandered and go oh, right to the top the anyway.
1: programs. I mean, there's so much you could do uh, uh, on the side. You and I donate money to great causes. Mostly and, and dogs, but go ahead. Mostly dogs. Yeah, exactly right. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the, the amount of stuff this idiot could have fixed. And, and the rest of them and, they, and, and, their, and their liberal ilk who uh, portend to care so much about the downtrodden but do absolutely nothing.
2: I told you, Guy Fieri from Food Network, and uh, rest, well, he has all these shows. He uh, did that fund, like Barstool Sports. Guy, Guy Fieri raised tens of millions of dollars for uh, restaurants during COVID. Yeah. And he sent uh, a letter uh, out to the CEO of every Fortune 500 company, and he got donations back from everybody but Jeff Bezos. Asshole. The only one that didn't donate. Okay, and I could just picture what an asshole he must be when he goes to a restaurant to eat or something. Oh yeah, like he probably doesn't even expect to pay. Yeah, yeah, right. You you know what I mean? Like you're in my presence. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right? I mean, I could just, I could just picture that. Uh, How much time do we have left? We've got uh, about eight minutes. Oh, God. Okay. I love you guys. So uh, John McConnell sent me this, and this is from the official state New Jersey site. We're talking about, uh, remember we were talking about uh, text uh, cyber scams last week? Yeah, yeah. Well, now we got another one from the Motor Vehicle Commission. Oh, great. Okay, it's a scam. Uh, They receive several incident reports pertaining to text messages purporting to be from the New Jersey Motor Vehicle Commission. Some of the messages contain language such as, please update your driver's license to date this was instructed by the Motor Vehicle Mission of New Jersey. Please click the link to get started now and New Jersey's Department of Transportation. You will need to validate your driver's license info with us for traffic safety. To validate instantly, click here. The links include in these text messages. If clicked, navigate to a phishing website impersonating the MVC site. The web page displays a form requesting the user to submit personally identifiable information, including their name, driver's license number, date of birth. Uh, If entered and the continue button is clicked, the second page populates requesting their mail address, social security number, and zip code. Once that information is submitted, the user is then redirected to the legitimate MVC login page. Okay so it looks like it's real and you're like oh it sent me to the back to the, the login page i guess i'm okay now uh... a bunch of people have done this and they've had their identities and stuff stolen from them already ladies and gentlemen so again we talk about this in my book about keeping your uh... family and and elderly and friends safe you know you never even know you get a twenty three-year-old kid just started driving they get a text right. like yeah, that yeah, and they're yeah, like yeah. you know sure. they're at college or something and then they call them, dad i got the thing from the mvc i updated my driver's license already and you're like what 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 yeah, it, right. it's it's too late now yeah absolutely it, it's too late now so uh, some of you who uh, watch uh, the news a little bit, and I don't really watch the news, but what I do is I uh, I get alerts. I have uh, searches on my computer that search for, like, gun crime, this thing, that thing, NRA or whatever. And uh, this was posted uh, the other day, uh, July 16th. Two guys uh, were driving down Hillside Avenue in Queens, At 8 p.m. in the evening, and they just pulled up, and a guy jumped out of the driver's seat and tried to abduct a 5-year-old kid. He grabbed the 5-year-old kid out of the mother's hand, threw the kid in the back seat of his car, and then went in the driver's seat and went to pull away. Wow the mother who had an adrenaline pump who had other kids with her there was a total of 3 kids walking on the street and her the mother ran towards the car to try to open the doors and there was a guy in the driver in the passenger seat while this guy was jumping in the seat she actually from the front door window pulled the kid out of the car with oh, her man. two kids hanging onto her oh. i mean and then some other like guys came by to help somebody knocked the mirror off his car as he pulled away well, a few hours later, with tips and video surveillance, they arrested this guy and his father. Oh. It was a father and son that were randomly trying to abduct a five-year-old kid. Sandy, the video is online. You can look at it, okay? Uh, just Google five-year-old uh, attempted kidnapping, Hillside Avenue in Queens, and you'll see video surveillance video for the mother was walking with the three kids. He ran up. He grabbed the kid under his arm like he was grabbing a you know, loaf of bread or something. And he ran and he throws the kid in the back seat of the car, jumps in the front seat of the car. His dad is in the passenger seat of the front seat of the car. And mom managed from the front driver's passenger side window managed to pull the kid out because he didn't pull away fast enough. He stumbled on getting it in gear or whatever. I guess he was nervous. But, man, I want to tell you something. She gets, from a 1 to 10, she gets 125 for survivability and reaction time. Yeah, absolutely. This is not, this not happens often. Some people freeze when shit like this happens. Yeah. And this kid was running a few feet ahead of her when she was walking down the street holding her big purse. And he ran a few feet ahead of her just as this guy jumped out of the car and ran up and grabbed the kid. Who knows what his intentions were with this kid. I can tell you right now, they weren't good. This is not as uncommon as one would think. But normally a child snatching like that happens from a friend or a family member. Yeah. It's usually covert and from a friend or a family member. This was an instance where it was just some off-the-shelf crazy nut. Um, My buddy Nicholas Joseph Fury, um, that's his name on uh, social media, sent me this, which uh, I printed it out. And uh, some of it we covered in uh, my book, Crime Proof, but this is really good. It's a picture of a car, and it says, what information are you driving around? And the back of this SUV has different stickers and license plates on it and stuff. So the first one shows, you know, like a, a ballet dancer. And it says, the, the caption says, Let me introduce you to our children and tell you what you want, tell you we'll be gone most evenings for <laughs> pra- practice. All right? <laughs> All right. Then there's another one of, a, of a, a dirt bike and it says, This is how we roll. And like, okay, thank you for telling us you have expensive toys in your garage. Mm. Then it's got a sticker of a little, like, uh, bulldog, and it says Max underneath it. And it goes, thank you for telling us you have a dog named Max. Right. Okay? Then it shows uh, my kid is an honor student, and it's like, oh, thank you for telling us where your kid goes to school. Right. All right? And then it has another one, like a resident plate, like a resident of Shady Acres, and it's like, thank you for telling us where you live. Then their license plate has their name on it, and it says, thank you for telling us your name. Right. And then it shows uh, that it has a picture of an oil pump, like in Texas, and it says, oil field spouse. And it says, thank you for telling us your husband is away often. Right. Right, working on the oil fields. Then there's a hunting sticker, and it says, thank you for telling us we may have expensive equipment and firearms at home. Right. Okay, and then it says the baby on board, the warning one. Hmm. Thank you for telling us you're likely to be easily distracted and become an easy target. Oh, perfect. Okay? Not many people think of stuff like this. We want to portray things that we do and, and, and organizations we belong to and stuff. But from a criminal mind, they're data mining. They're looking at that. They're looking at that, and they're like, oh, look at this. You know, probably one of the biggest ones, like in the New York metropolitan area, would be, like, hockey. You know, because ice hockey, because they know you got to use rinks early in the morning and this and that. You know, like, uh, just think about that. Like, if you have field, uh, my kid is on an away soccer team yeah right right right. oh that's good that means like every Saturday you guys drive like two hours and the whole family probably goes to see little Timmy the egghead you know kicking the ball around or whatever and uh, so now it's a great time for me to rob your house so all of these things are really interesting and you know we talk about this in crime proof about you know mostly uh, Jeff Cooper's color codes which if anything uh Louis Louis Galdo just uh sent me an email talking about my book. If anything you learn from the book, the reason the early chapter was about the color codes is so important. So so many people are coming to me telling me they're already in condition yellow all their life, or wow, there's times I allow myself to go in condition white after reading your book, I'll never let that happen again, etc. 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 So uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh So uh, listen up. That NRA dinner, the first NRA dinner they had at Hunterton Hills, I just got an email, was 1992. So that was the first NRA dinner I attended, and I started Gun for Hire in 1992. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, listen, NRA instructor, become an NRA instructor. Chuck Leonard is going to be here August 7, 14, 15, 21, 18, 19. Range safety officer, chief range safety officer, shotgun instructor, rifle instructor, pistol instructor, and home firearm safety as well as basic instructor training join up and get there support those who support you get ready for the new range please ladies and gentlemen thank you for all your support I love you all Sandy talk about VHS and wrap it up
1: and we are raising money for disabled veterans and homebound veterans who need memory care Uh, it is GoFundMe and it is VHS of Ocean County five bucks ten bucks anything you guys can do it takes about a hundred bucks a day to provide care to these folks Um, Please, let's not forget them. I want to thank Vince uh, Agavino this week. It has been a less um, dry week this week. Mark Sanchez, again, thank you so much, Mark. And Teoman Kay, thank you so much for your donations for this uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, fund that we're collecting money for. Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun For Hire Radio. Gun For Hire Radio is a kind of think media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host and author uh, of (laughs) Crime Proof Book, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game, available at crimeproofbook.com. Get one for those going away to uh, college this year uh, right now. Uh, I'm Anthony <laughs> Calandro and the rest of the crew here at Gun Radio. That's the longest name ever, right? Uh, we do thank you so much for listening. We love you. See you next week. Thank you. From sea to